Hello and welcome to a mini episode of Blades Pod. It is Monday the 16th of May. My name's Ben. Andrew is unfortunately unavailable today and uh, I'll apologise to those lovely people who in the past have volunteered to uh, step into his shoes when he's not been available. But time is of the essence. We've got another game tomorrow. Uh, we weren't going to be able to record until this evening at the absolute um, earliest anyway. So I thought I'd just push ahead with a solo podcast, a quick one for you to uh, yeah fill the gap between these two um, these two playoff legs. Hopefully Andrew will be available for uh, a recording in a couple of days' time after the second leg. Hopefully... Things will look a lot better for United than they do right now. Um, there's been a fair bit of news since we last recorded. Uh, we had the obviously the announcement of um, McGoldrick's contract not being renewed. Uh, a couple of others as well: Moose, Luke Freeman. Uh, new contracts for Basham, for Ben Osborne, for Jack Robinson. I didn't want to talk about any of those just yet because, um, as obviously, as I said, there's another game in like 24 and a bit hours' time. So, um, yeah, we're going to hold those anyway until after the second leg when, regardless of what happens, we will have a bit less time pressure to record the podcast. So that's why I'm just skipping over those for now. We will definitely come back to it uh, in the next episode. So... Saturday, uh, United hosted Nottingham Forest in the playoff semi-final first leg. Things did not go well. I'm going to try and give you some reasons to be cheerful, along with some reasons to be fearful in this episode. Although, to be honest, if you watched the majority of the game on Saturday, you probably have more than a few reasons to be fearful anyway. So let me start with the good news. It should be over. It should be so, so over. I do not know how we got out of that game with only a one-goal deficit. Um, it's no great shock to me that Forest are good. I mean, their record uh, in the league season as a whole, obviously, is testament to that. Their record under Cooper is very much a testament to that. They would have probably, I think, almost certainly finished in the top two if, um, uh, well, certainly if he'd, he'd been there at the start of the season and the form that they've shown under him was uh, in effect from the start of the season. So that's no great shock that Forest uh, are good. What was kind of shocking was um, a, a really collective underperformance from United on Saturday. Really disappointing. I, I, I mean, I guess maybe we we put too much stock into those that last game and a half. You know, QPR away, Fulham at home, where we absolutely turned it on and looked like we could be one of the best teams uh, in the entire league. We didn't do that all on Saturday. Um, you know, so many players underperformed. I thought, uh, particularly. Norwood and Egan, who I, I thought had collective stinkers, to be honest. I mean, at the worst possible time, I, I give Egan a a small pass, I guess, or a, a moment of redemption for a massive tackle he made in the second half, and I believe the score was already um, 2-0 to Forrest. Um, but we needed more out of Norwood. Uh, he had a really poor game, I thought. The amount, you know, We mentioned against Forrest, uh, excuse me, against Fulham, when he gets in that kind of inside right channel with the ball played back to him and the opportunity to cross, well, he had four or five of those on Saturday, and I don't think he—I mean, I think he barely found a United player with them. To be honest, really wasteful. I think probably his his worst moment, which is just almost comically bad if you take it in isolation, was we win a throw in on the left hand side. We're one 0 down at this point, obviously. Jack Robinson's in the vicinity. For some reason, we decide to let Norwood take the throw in to Robinson, who plays a 1-2. Norwood's then under pressure, and he plays a through ball to Brennan Johnson, or to Colback, I should say, who then sets away Brennan Johnson on the counter-attack. And Wes Fodringham makes 
one of many, many good saves in this game. He is, without question, the only player who had a good game for United. Thank you, Wes, and thank you, uh, Forrest, for wasting a lot of chances. I mean, it's the most shots we've conceded at home this season, uh, the most shots on target we've conceded in a home game this season. Forrest had over two expected goals in the first half, which is by far the highest that we've conceded in a um, in a half this season at home as well. They absolutely battered us. They were so easy to get around the sides. As I thought, our, our left the left side of our defence was kind of non-existent at times. I mean, the first goal we just pulled all over the place. Basham's essentially playing at left centre back, and then um, Ben Osborne picks a great time to uh, slip in the penalty box. Fodringham makes a good save, but uh, nothing he can do about the rebound whatsoever, to be honest. Um, yeah, more chances wasted by them throughout the game. Unfortunately, Egan has a you know a moment of madness, essentially dallying on the ball that lets Lolly rob him and Brennan Johnson makes it 2-0. And we get a total lifeline out of nothing at the end. Um, a corner from Gibbs White's, Norwood had gone off at this point. And uh, a combination of Berger and Norwood... Uh, Jack Robinson head it into the net. I guess this is one reason to be cheerful is Egan did also have one cleared off the line from a corner in a first half. And um, Samba, the Forest goalkeeper, who is, has been excellent, by the way, this season. He is sort of, you know, statistically one of the top five keepers in the league along with, um, uh, along with Fodderingham. He really looked suspect from set pieces. And, you know, both of those examples, the goal and the one off the line, he... He kind of essentially just runs into his own man and gives gives us a free header at goal. So that could be something to prey on in the second leg. I really hope we, I really hope we double down on Jack Robinson long throws. To be honest, like let's let's put some pressure on Forrest and make them defend those kinds of situations, which we just were not doing uh, in this first leg at all. Um, so I've been at uh, I've been at all three games with Forrest this season. Um, and I, I do feel like we've been the second best side each time. I mean, you could say the first one was under Slav, so we, you know, were kind of a bit all over the place, not totally sure what we were trying to do at that point. The second game, the league game, was obviously with a with a scratch side essentially, with um, Sariki playing. But it may just be, you know, three out of three. It may just be that they have our number. You know, Jed Spence is excellent. He's I'm sure he'll be in the Premier League one way or another next season. Brennan Johnson probably will as well. But we um, we don't have an answer for Jed Spence, I don't think. I thought Surridge, I know he missed a good chance. Um, but I thought he was extremely effective. You know, he really was sort of preying on the, the, the line of our defence, if you like. And he has a, a major hand in the first goal and just got in behind several times. Uh, seems to be a really smart player. I think he's in the top um, the top ten for XG per ninety so far this season, or rather in the last season that's just finished, I should say. Um, so yeah, he seems to be a really savvy striker. Obviously, a, a really disappointing seeing Keenan Davis come off the bench for them as well after he bullied us in the last game. Why aren't any of our players coming back from injury? Um, so yeah, it, it may just be Forest have got our number and we haven't really got an answer for it. At the same time, can we play that badly again? Is I guess this is what it's going to come down to in that second leg is do Forrest just match up brilliantly against us and are a good team? And with our squad as it is at the moment, we just have no answer to that. Or do the players play better? And that is enough to kind of turn it around. I mean, this team has 
pleasantly surprised me uh, several times this season, not least in the last couple of weeks. You know, that comeback win against QPR, never saw that coming at halftime. Sticking four goals past the, the champions Fulham, did not see that coming before the game. So maybe there is another twist here. Uh, it's just sitting here on Monday right now, it's going to be so hard to turn it around. I really felt we would need a positive result in that first leg to have a chance. Um, and in the end, the fact that we are still sort of in the tie feels feels borderline miraculous. And maybe that's something that will play to our advantage. I, I really think we're probably going to need a a meltdown from Forest if we're going to get back into this, um, you know, a total bottling it in front of their own fans kind of job. Which has happened before. They, um, I believe it was against Yeovil a while ago. In uh, they they, um, they were two 0 up after the away leg, and lost the home leg five two after extra time. So it could happen. There may be a sense that um, you know they may well be feeling that they should be out of sight. This that this contest should be dead, and you know maybe getting that last minute goal um, from the corner makes them sort of go, oh, can't believe this is. Can't, surely this isn't going to happen. Surely we're not going to throw it away. But um, yeah, we, we've got to start strong there and, um, and and worry them a little bit, I suppose, which is why uh, I would like us to lean into Jack Robinson's throw-ins until uh, Brees Samba, the goalkeeper, shows that he can deal with it, which, um, yeah, I didn't feel like, like he did very effectively at all on Saturday in a performance where uh, the rest of our attack was just kind of nullified, to be honest. Um, obviously, sad to say farewell to Gibbs White at full time. That is his... Whatever happens, that's the last time we will see him at Bramall Lane this season uh, and, and probably for the rest of his career, I would imagine, unless it's as an opposition player. Sorry, but I had to say that. Um, so that was sad, obviously. Not the way he would have wanted to sign off. I, I thought he... Um, we just couldn't get him in the game. I mean, he had a couple of really nice runs, but it is it was a little bit of a please just give him the ball and hope that he can do something with it. And he wasn't quite able to, um, to get past Forest defence. I thought Cook was... Immense for them at the back. Uh, Spence, as I've said, is just um, it's just a machine up and down that right wing, uh, and we don't have the physicality or skill in the squad to deal with him. I don't think. Thought Stevens was okay. Norton Davies had a tough time against him for half an hour, maybe the last time we played, um, and then did a better job in the in the second hour. So maybe he will come in, but yeah, we obviously we need to. We need to score some goals, and uh, it's going to take a. It, the spine of the team has to improve if we're going to do that. Essentially, unless we're just going to rely on set pieces, which Forest have not been bad at all at defending over the course of the season. So it's not like we can particularly prey on that the way we did at QPR, for example. Unfortunately, um, what else is there to say? Uh, should say we've never won an away leg in the playoffs in our history. Oh dear, although. I guess if you to take one crumb of comfort from that five-all draw with Swindon um, seven years ago, that five-all did show what a team can do almost out of nowhere when the chips are down. That was a defensive Nigel Clough team with uh, many square pegs in round holes in that lineup, and we suddenly needed to score four or five goals to give ourselves a chance, and we were able to do it. So chips are down, maybe a team can pull that sort of thing off, and... Um, also rely a little bit on the side who are close to the finish line starting to buckle a bit as well. So I think we have to hope that Forrest just panic essentially, which, uh, you know, a first goal for us could obviously do. Um, 
yeah, uh, it just feels like they're kind of um, they're kind of heading for a bit of a, a coronation at home, if you like, a promotion coronation, and we're going to have to turn up and try and spoil the party. Now, I will say, here's my reasons to be cheerful, or at least a little bit hopeful. Three years ago, third place leads off the back of missing out on automatic promotion to ourselves. They won 1-0 away at Derby County in the first leg of the playoffs and uh, returned home to a raucous Elland Road where promotion was surely about to be, you know, well, not confirmed because it would have been a final, but certainly progress to the final was about to be confirmed. Leeds went 1-0 up on the night, so 2-0 up on aggregate in the home leg, and then they collapsed in, frankly, hilarious style. Derby went on to win 4-2 on the night and went through. It was a total meltdown from Leeds. So it can be done. It's not all over for a team that... um, you know, wins the away leg. It's not a guarantee that that team is then going to go through. But I think we'll need some help from Forrest, to be honest. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of what I'm looking for, is can we put some pressure on them and will they fold? They are a really good team, as I've said. The most indications are that they will not fold. When I think back to that home game uh, in the league, when they were on top and then we went ahead... We really did pour it on them for 30, 40 minutes or so there. So hopefully a similar kind of pattern can be followed um, in the away playoff leg as well. One final thing, Paul Heckingbottom, involved in three successful playoff campaigns. Very unusual for someone with a uh, Sheffield United association. Uh, And he won the away leg all three times in those campaigns that he was involved in. Now only one of those is as a manager, the other two are as players, but... He's uh, he's been there and done it. He's been, I've I've seen his uh, you know his pre-match quotes ahead of the second leg. He's very bullish that we can win away from home. Uh, it's just unfortunately we're going to need to win by two clear goals now, unless we you know want to take our chances on extra time and penalties. Which to be fair, right now I would absolutely take. Um, in terms of the lineup for tomorrow night, you know, Injai put in a well, he stayed on the pitch. I don't think he was. Um, completely effective at all once you get past his you know mystical 70 minute cutoff point um but it is obviously uh i think he'll have to play again i don't think we have any other choice to be honest unless um billy sharp is a, a sudden miraculous recovery which doesn't seem to be uh on the cards at all i could see um i don't know i, I wonder if baldock comes in for osborne but i think i would just roll with osborne to be honest baldock was pretty anonymous uh in the half an hour or so that he played Norwood needs to step up and the defence needs to not make any mistakes. I mean, it, it sounds simplistic, but it, if Norwood plays like he's done in the last two games against Forest, then I don't see how we have much chance at all. If he plays like he did against QPR away, for example, and as he has done for most of the second half of this season, that will definitely boost our chances. But Forest are a, a team with a lot of speed, a lot of uh, strength. They break with with great, you know, great pace and aggression I think they're 2-1 up they don't have to chase the game I think they will be very happy to basically play the second leg as they played the second half of this one which was to you know slow the game down whenever it goes out of play hit the deck if you need to take your time over throw-ins and then just break on as a a great speed essentially so um yeah all uh the odds are very firmly stacked against us I admire anyone who is um you know, optimistic that we can do this. It is only one goal. The team surprised me so far this season. 
I need Andrew here to pick me up. He he would be coming in right now with some some positive chat about how we can pull this round. But I'm uh, I'm not overly optimistic. I hope to be talking to you with Andrew in a couple of days' time, saying, "Oh, I've been such an idiot again. I can't believe I doubted this team." But yeah, this is um, this is a big one. If we turn this round, then uh, I think this will probably go down in in our history. Certainly, our modern history as one of our all-time great turnaround, great results, to be honest. Certainly we'll sit alongside, I suppose, the last time we beat Forrest in uh, in the playoffs as one of those kind of all-time, can't-believe-we-pulled-that-off kind of results. So let's see. It's happened before. I just mentioned uh, an example there from our own history. Admittedly, it was 20, 19 years ago. But yeah, it feels a little bit like when we went when we last went to Old Trafford and uh, managed to win. So let's let's hope that we can uh, be similarly surprised come I don't know ten o'clock, ten thirty on uh, on Tuesday night at the City Ground. So that's it. Uh, yeah, mini episode as I said. Uh, I'm sure we'll hit some of these points in more detail along with um, thoughts on the second leg when we're back after that one. So thanks a lot for listening and tolerating me just talking on my Todd for 17 minutes or whatever it is. And uh, yeah, hopefully Andrew will be back soon. Uh, Thank you as always for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in a couple of days. Come on, you blades. (laughs)